0: What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are talking the top 50 best punk records of the 1970s. Before we kick off the show, just wanted to jump a little bit into how big uh, 70s punk was in the UK. And because it's something we don't talk about on the pod, so this is like something we recorded after the fact. Um, Ben, jump in.
1: Yeah, this is a kind of an overall... um synopsis of the 70s. So um this is a this is a big deal. This is the decade we were all conceived. And I say I say that instead of born because Zach's new jack ass had to pop out in January 80 like a noob. Represent. <laughs> um, this is also the decade punk was conceived and this is also the decade Oi Post Punk 1.5 and hardcore were conceived and born. So you know to state the obvious this is a really fucking important decade. Um, and a lot of things happened. Not that I remember a damn thing. I was a year and a half when uh, the 80s started. Um, th- so there, those bands at the beginning of the 70s that are now kind of ex post facto categorized as proto-punk, you know, the Stooges, the MC5, the New York Dolls, the Modern Lovers, Suicide, Velvet Underground's Loaded LP, and many others who had a direct influence on the first generation of True Blue, capital P, punk bands... And then there's the birth of what we widely accept as punk, except for the bands that Zach doesn't (laughs) starting in New York with the Ramones and the heartbreakers and television and Patti Smith and Blondie. And then there's that strange case of Australia where radio Birdman forms in Sydney and the saints form in Brisbane. And they, and these two bands played for years before ever being aware of each other's existence. Um, and then they meet each other and the saints are like, not nice to radio Birdman. Um, Then the punk explosion happens in the UK, where for about a year and a half, these bands were pop music. I mean, on the charts, top 40 hit singles, but that didn't make it safe. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, this is like their version of like, I don't know, something like Mariah Carey. This is like really uh, contentious music. Two of the four Sex Pistols were knifed on the street by angry mobs because of a song they wrote about the Queen. So take that in for a minute. The message in their music pissed off enough people where they almost lost their lives for it. Um, there's there were shop owners that were arrested for selling their album because the word bollocks was considered, you know, profanity. Um, and then they had uh, the Sex Pistols had a number one single that was mysteriously absent from the chart because the record industry hated them that much so they just put rod stewart at the top even though it was clear and obvious that god save the queen sold more records than anything else that week um and they did this all with a sense of humor about them and that's very important i think that i think the humor gets lost um uh, several years down down the road um and as cliche as the spiky colored hair, rip shirts, and leather, and spiky jackets are considered now, think about how the average person dressed in the 1970s. The Sex Pistols looked like space aliens compared to you know your bell bottom silk shirted hippie holdover type. And so, um, on top of all that, they just wrote amazing songs, and they showed the rest of the world that you can do whatever you want, and you don't need permission for anything. And I've been listening to them a lot lately. And there's this great line in the song EMI just before the bridge, where Johnny Rotten says, "We are ruled by none." And then he goes,
0: "Ever, ever, ever,"
1: and it's like to this day that's so inspiring to me. That just the idea that you know you no one can push you around or 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 uh, have control over your life. And then somewhere starting around the end of '77, Punk's head and its heart separated. So if art school types. And bricklayers could agree on the pistols as common ground. The year before, they were now carving their own paths. There was the intellectual post-punk sounds of like Magazine, PIL, Joy Division, Ultravox, Susie and the Banshees, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you have Sham '69 and the Cockney Rejects in the UK, establishing working class centric oi music, and then uh, the North American phenomenon of 1.5 being born during that brief period. Ah, uh, between seventy-seven and seventy-nine, when uh, Danger House Records from Los Angeles was putting out, you know, all-time classic singles by the Avengers, X Dills, and the Weirdos. So you have hyper-aggressive bands from this in-between generation, like DOA, the Canadian Subhumans, Dead Kennedys, Black Flag, Rhino Thirty Nine, and F Word, and the Consumers, like pushing music into a different direction that eventually evolves into hardcore. And then you have the middle class skipping that step entirely. And going straight into million mile an hour music, but also with a strangely arty edge. So, all of this, every single thing I just mentioned, happens before January 1st, 1980. So, you know, here's to true rebellion like the kid in school who feels isolated and alienated and feel, feels like they don't belong, discovering, never mind the bollocks, and feeling like they aren't alone in this world because, you know, there are other freaks and rejects just like them. And, uh, I guess that's, that's my love letter to, uh, the 1970s punk rock world. Um, we're a happy family as the Ramones would say.
0: Ben, can you give an example of like how big it was other than just the sex pistols, like of bands charting?
1: Yeah, I looked, uh, I didn't do a deep, deep dive, but the clash, for example, had seven top, top 40 singles in the 1970s alone. Um, so that's a pretty big deal. Like that's something to hang your, hang your hat on. Um, I, I didn't dive into, you know, bands like the vibrators. There was an all, I don't, I don't know the term they used. It wasn't alternative, but something analogous to an alternative rock chart. And that was completely full of punk music. But as far as like the mainstream, you know, well, they call it official charts in the UK. They would, they would call it the Billboard Hot 100 here. Um, you did see punk and new wave and post-punk stuff popping up on there, especially in the 77, 78 range.
0: Okay. Dan, you want to elaborate on any of this before we kick off the pod? Yeah. Um, so even bands like the
2: Rosillos and stuff like that were crashing into the, top 30 at least so bands that are a poppy but yet super punk buzzcocks all of these bands damned were hitting top 30 top 20 some of them top 10 um which is incredible and then the thing i would say uh it's not only just johnny rotten was attacked by teddy boys because of um God Save the Queen and and the profane songs that were coming out, but it was also just on site from like Teddy Boys and working class people um, that just liked a good punch up that it was just on site with punks like all over the nation. And that's the great thing. Like when you think about punk in the 70s, especially coming out of the UK, it is not just um, music. It's an entire thought out thing especially you know under the tutelage of mclaren and westwood they're you know they're rebelling through art they're rebelling through the layouts they're rebelling through the word choices they are rebelling through the way you dress especially um that is completely when we talk about counterculture these days like we Everything when we talk about counterculture is so mild compared to what this giant two by four to the face was of punk in that culture then um and then when when you think about that that two pronged approach that Ben talked about nicely um you've got your art school clever like almost looking back to velvet underground and things like that as just as much of an influence or even looking at things like architecture and whatnot and writing songs with angular tones to be represented by the influence of a way a building looks and things like that. So that incredibly heady, arty stuff as well as if the kids are united and, uh, just the one thing that punk brought, uh, to the UK and to America is a, a defiant, um, initial, because, you know, obviously the National Front start plugging their way into certain oi music, but initially what punks did is they unified with uh, s- skinheads, scar people, and uh, original Rastas, and it was deeply anti-racist uh, to start. And that gets, you know, when you look back, uh, the entire thing, you maybe don't see that, but in the seventies, it was defiant and anti-racist and fantastic for that. So, I mean, I'm so glad we're talking all this stuff because I, I love all of this. You know, this is, you know, Zach, you talk about it too. It's some of the best, some of the best things that have ever graced this earth, along with oxygen and grass and <laughs>
0: uh, a soccer ball yeah and dan talking about the anti-racism we gotta always say circling back to original principles of this podcast no such thing as too many anti-racist songs no such thing as too many unity songs this stuff is great check out the playlist on 185 miles south.com because this thing bangs i've listened to this so many times since we uh put this all together and uh let's get on with the pod 185 miles south.com Smash that Patreon button. 185 Miles South, a hardcore punk rock podcast. I'm taking it back to the old
2: school cause I'm an old fool. (laughs) I'm taking it back to the old school cause I'm an old fool. Yo, what's up motherfuckers? Old school. Old school spotlight.
0: What's up everyone? This week on the pod, we are going way, way back. Dan and Ben got their way. We're talking 1970s punk. We're ranking the top 50 records of the 70s, helping out. You know him, you love him, it's the best dressed man on the pod. It is Daniel Sant. What's up, Dan?
2: You spurn my natural emotions, you make me feel like dirt, and I'm hurt.
0: Also helping out, it is Ben Merlis, a.k.a. Ben Edge, a.k.a. Bedge. What's up, Ben? Anarchy
1: in the UK.
0: What's going (laughs) on? All right, so because the 70s is mostly 76 to 79, We cut this list in half. We didn't do the top 100. We did the top 50. I think that's fair. And uh, the rules are the same as the other ones. You guys can go check out the list. It is on the website. (laughs) Jesus. Are you being served? Hold on. Let me. uh, (laughs) Fuck. That's going to fuck up someone's ears. (laughs) I might need to edit that out. Um, Okay. Anyway. Are you free? (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway. So everyone can go to the website, 185 miles south at gmail.com. Click that top 100 link and check out the, uh, the list. Also, if you want to send in a list, 185 miles south at gmail.com, I will put it on the website. Um, yeah, this was fun to do. The rules are the same as the previous ones. Like if you vote a number one, it, this time it gets 50 points. If you vote number two, this time it gets 49 points. If you vote a something number 50, it gets one point. Then we combined our three lists, our three individual lists, and there are bonus points assigned for consensus. So if two people voted on something, it got an extra 10 points. If three people voted on something, it got an extra 15 points. So consensus matters, and it's pretty sick. Let's jump into the full list, or we'll jump into the top 20, but I just want to say it's pretty interesting that... At least number 1 through 15, all three of us voted on it. So that's pretty cool. I'm happy with the list overall. Let's go to Ben for uh, – let's do this countdown. You can do number 20 through number 11, Ben. Uh, number
1: 20, Avengers, Avengers 12-inch EP. Number 19, Heartbreakers, LP. Number 18, Undertones, self-titled LP. Number 17, Wire, Pink Flag LP. Number 16, The Only Ones, Another Girl, Another Planet, single. Number 15, Menace, GLC, single. Number 14, The Stooges, Raw Power LP. Actually, Iggy and the Stooges. Uh, Number 13, Dead Boys, Young, Loud, and Snotty LP, Number 12, Sham69, Tell Us the Truth LP. And number 11, Stiff Little Fingers, Inflammable Material LP. Dan, give us the top
0: 10.
2: All right, coming in at number 10, Germs, The Circle LP. Number nine, Buzzcocks, Singles Going Steady. Number eight, The Jam, In the City LP. Number six, The Clash London Calling, double LP. Number seven. Oh, that's right. Uh, six and seven are transposed on this list for some reason. So I, I don't know who who is who, which, which got ranked where. But next.
0: No, well, we can get into it, but it's because they tied. And then we'll talk oh, okay. about why I ranked it. So it is uh, Weirdos, seven, Clash, six.
2: Okay. So Weirdos, we got the Neutron Bomb EP. Coming in at 6.5. <laughs> number five, Black Flag, Nervous Breakdown. Number four, Sex Pistols, Never Mind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. Number three, Misfits, Bullet EP. Number two, The Damned Machine Gun Etiquette, LP. And coming in at number one, Ramones, Self Titled, LP, 1976. Hey ho.
0: Yeah, looking at this list overall again, I'm I'm really happy with it. I think that it came out better than I thought, but I think that when when you're talking about older music, there is more consensus. It makes sense. All our top stuff was was kind of similar. Um there's a couple things on this top 20 that I had never heard before. I had never heard The Undertones and I'd never heard The Only Ones. I really liked the Only Ones record. Um, I thought it was great. The undertones, I did not like at all. It was a little too bubblegummy for me. But you guys both ranked it really high, so that's cool. Um, Dan, looking at the overall list, do you have any takeaways?
2: Yeah, I th- I think this is you know, absolutely incredible. Um, I think I would love to have anything in this top 20, like just playing... If someone said hey I'm throwing this on I'd be like fuck yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like on all of it. Um I'm I'm a little bummed Pink Flag by Wire is down in I not in the top 10 but you know that's where the consensus works for you or against you, you know.
0: Yeah, I agree. But, like that might be a little low ranked, if that's my fault, I didn't I didn't use it. I I don't particularly enjoy that album. Um, I don't know if it's something that is gonna click one day, but yeah i've I've tried several times because it's like kind of canon for 70s punk for a lot of people and I've just never really enjoyed it. I also think that maybe the GLC uh, EP is is a little high compared to some of the stuff that comes after it, like some great classic LPS, but I mean that's a banger song so yeah, I don't know. Um, the top 10 I feel really good about Ben, you had picked. I think a different Buzzcocks album and maybe a different jam album. You're still happy with the ones that are on here though, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, singles going steady, it's kind of like cheating, but we've been cheating this entire time because we're doing puss head rules. And he picked like, you know, the first four EP uh, seven inches by, uh you know, on discord was one of his picks. So it's sort of like, or the minor threat, 12 inch, which is combining two, seven inches of theirs. So it's like, if singles going steady counts, which it does, I suppose, because we've been do- going by those rules the whole time, it's the best Buzzcocks record. I mean, it's it's like it's all the uh, singles post Spiral Scratch pre many parts. I think so. It's like seventy seven to seventy nine era Buzzcocks singles. It's like the best songs ever, all on one record. So yeah, no problem with that. And what was the other one you you mentioned?
0: Uh, I believe the jam you didn't take in the city. I I think it was me.
2: It's me. It's me that had both different ones. I had a different buzzcocks record and a different jam record.
0: Okay. Yeah. So for the people out there, basically if all three of us voted for the same band and different records, if two of us had one record and one of us had a different one, the consensus won. So the two record or excuse me, the one with two would go on the list and it would get the points for that band. Also, if a if a record or band, let's say that uh the Stooges, someone did uh, Raw Power and and I picked the other one, the the second record. Um if those were both on the list, there's this two of them, whoever ranked the record higher or the band higher, we took that record. So, anyway, and that was a that was a interesting one to me too that you guys chose Raw Power. You know, yeah. Like you really think that's like the best uh Stooges record? Hell yeah. Uh, fuck no. Funhouse is better than it, dude. <laughs> well
1: the, the thing about the the Rob Power album is the mix is very trebly and shitty, and then they redid it in the late nineties, and it has more low end, and that is the version I prefer. And then they went back and they're like, here's the original version, the way you remember it from the seventies, and they reissued the what I think of as the tinny, trebly, shitty mix of the album. So if you had only ever heard that trebly version of the album, I would not blame you for ranking any of their other records higher.
2: I gotta I'm say, not- Rob Power, just on the strength of Search and Destroy, that song is just unfuckwithable.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's a, not a good record by any means. It's just, I think Funhouse bangs. You know, I don't really like the first LP that much, but it doesn't matter because that's sixties, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I just, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, that's really it. Like the, the top 20 is kind of uncontroversial. I think it's cool. The Ramones came out number one. Um, you know, sex pistols, the other big, big record you would think of from the seventies comes in at number four. And actually there was a three-way tie for number three. So Misfits, bullet, sex pistols, never mind the bollocks, and then black flag, nervous breakdown, all ended up with 143 points. And I don't know if I have my notes. Oh yeah, here it is. Oh, and actually the Weirdos was tied as well. So there was a four way tie for number three. So here's what I did. The the highest picked records, the Sex Pistols and the Misfits records, both had a number one vote from one of us. Um so it's a Duel between the Sex Pistols and the Misfits for number one. Black Flag and the Weirdos are gonna have to fight for number three and four. Um, But the Misfits are the alphabetical winner, and they're the better band, and their country won the Revolutionary War. So the Misfits get number (laughs) three, and the Sex Pistols get number four. And then four
2: get a minus five, just so that they would end on one hundred (laughs) thirty-eight points.
0: Yeah, maybe. If, uh, if I was a cheat, but I'm not. Yeah. Okay, so, so then, uh, black flag and the weirdos black flag got a number two vote was their highest vote. And the weirdos got a number three vote was their highest vote. So it went to black flag number three and the weirdos number four. There's actually a handful of these. Um, let's see here for number eight. That was a tie between the buzzcocks and the jam. The Jam won because The Jam had a number 7 vote. Buzzcocks, the highest, was a number 8 vote. And then, let's see, there was a tie for number 19, Heartbreakers and The Avengers. The highest Heartbreakers vote was 13, Avengers' highest vote was 21, so Heartbreakers, take it. Also, tie for number 23, Saints versus Vibrators. Saints had a number 19, excuse me, Saints had a number 15 vote, Vibrators had a 19, and then... I don't know what number I don't have in front of me, but the UK Subs "Slaughter and the Dogs" was a tie to UK Subs had a number seven vote, I believe by me, because it's one of the greatest uh, punk records of the seventies. Don't ask Dan. And "Slaughter and the Dogs" the highest was number fifteen. Dan, what's up with your egregious uh, dismissal of the UK Subs, especially no. you know them putting UK in the band name? You being <laughs> someone that. You know, is out here tossing out UK love, much like Hulk Hogan in in the eighties in his American Pride, you know? And then you leave off the UK subs. What's up with that?
2: You gotta drop a warhead right on me because I forgot. I just simply forgot to get him on. And then you told me that I forgot, and then I forgot to amend the list.
0: Um, yeah, so that's like a double whammy of no it love. Is.
2: Yeah, it's you bad. know, it's
0: like it's not prioritized at all. And, and honestly, I think that that is kind of a bummer because it would have been a top 10 if I'd remembered them, because we would have triple consensus and
2: they would have been quite high on my list. So, um, right.
0: So it would have gotten a bonus five points with you just voting it for, it would have gotten a bonus six points if you just voted it number 60. 50, so that yeah. would have put it at 66 points. It would have ended up, Let's see. Yeah, between the Ruts and the Saints, it would have ended up at number 23.
2: It would have, but made if you
0: 20. would have, you know, yeah. if you would have voted at number 25, now it's like way up, right?
2: Yeah. And I would have. Um,
0: <laughs> Let me do the math.
2: Nah. I would have probably had it. Yeah. Like around 15 or 16.
1: We don't talk about music up, on buddy. this podcast, we talk about numbers.
0: Well, we're ranking music, right? So,
1: numerology.
0: Yeah, he would have ended up with 89 points if you had voted it at 25. So, it ends up number 16, then.
2: It probably so would still- be 99 because I, I would have put it at 15, probably.
0: Okay. Well, then that would add 40 points instead of 30. So, it would be at 99. It would be number 15.
2: Yeah, I would have probably had it in between Menace and the Misfits.
0: Yeah, I think that would have been a good spot for it. I mean, that LP is spectacular. Yeah. I believe it's in my top 10. And like I don't regret that at all. Um, Yeah, Wild. Anything else here on the uh, thing that stands out, Ben? Uh, I'm just
1: trying to see where I put the UK subs. Oh, Stranglehold. I had them at number 46. Six. Yeah. Anyway, um, there was on, on one the final thing list,
2: that,
1: What were you gonna
2: say? Go for it, Ben. I'll, I'll say it after.
1: Um, I think I had uh, Generation X uh, self-titled LP at number three, and it made it to number twenty-one. So that's like the for that's like um pretty low compared to where it is in my mind, but. Whatever, that's how it goes.
0: Yeah, let's let's look at that real quick because I have everything written out. So Generation X, yeah, Ben, you have it number three and I had it number 34 and Dan didn't put it on the list.
2: It got bumped at the last minute to so put uh, Jilted John on.
0: He got Christ. bumped for Jilted John. So yeah, would have gotten an extra five points just being a three-way consensus and so it would have been higher there. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, but jilted hey, John. Yeah. Jilted John had to make the list, you know, Ben's third favorite record getting low <laughs> rated for uh, some, some seventies trolling. I'm not going to shed a tear. You
2: know? <laughs> it got jilted.
0: <laughs> it got jilted. And, and
2: in
1: terms of, and in terms of amount that I listen to these records, it's number one for me. Really? Right. Really
0: and what do you have? One and two, you had sex pistols and Ramones.
1: Sex Pistols, number one. Ramones, number two. The first album by uh, both those bands.
0: Right. Yeah. So, Dan, controversy-wise, Dan, the line stepped a hell of a lot on this list.
2: (laughs) Oh, please.
0: (laughs) Please what, dude? So, Dan, tell everyone what your number one punk record of the 70s is. My number one...
2: Punk record of the 1970s is Joy Division Unknown Pleasures. Yes, it is consistently referred to as post punk, but I don't choose to live in that world. Well, so's Wire.
0: You live uh, in a bizarre reality. Pink yeah, flags on the yeah, list. Yeah, Wire. That's
2: and that's my number three.
0: So Dan's just a line stepping all over the place. Anyway, the Joy Division was pretty <laughs> egregious, but because you had selected it number one, I, uh, i did another seance so Uh i I got him standing by let's uh let's go to the ghost of tim yohannan and see what he says hi the ghost of tim yohannan deem this record not punk (laughs) There you have it. So uh, Ben voted on the Joy Division 7-inch and Ideal for Living, and so that made the list. And, Dan, I did give uh, Ideal for Living your consensus votes.
2: Yeah, but you didn't give it the 50
0: points. Well, it was given the 50 points, but then it was given a negative 50 unpunk penalty.
2: (laughs) That's called (laughs) a penalty.
0: Yeah, a penalty. I, I didn't have that uh, button <laughs> That button queued up. But uh, So what was the other one you were discussing? Pink Flag? You didn't know if that uh, applied or not?
2: No, I've, I know it applies.
0: Okay, I'm just well, saying
2: people w- will refer to that as post-punk, but, I mean, you can say a lot of things in 1979 would be post-punk, you know?
0: Well, I think we should just go to the authority again. Tim, what's uh, your... Uh, What's your take on this? I the ghost of Tim Johann. I will allow it. Thank All right, you, point to- <laughs> Pink Flag stays. So
2: Well um, I gotta say um Am I the only one who voted for that record? Then I think I did for what let Joy Division, Pink
0: Flag. Oh no, you and Ben both did. Okay, it There's ends up, a- up, uh, here. 24. Let me pull it
1: up. I have them at. I have them at twenty four. Okay, there you go.
2: Let me let me ask you both this: Uh is there anything on the final list that you don't know what it is? Obviously, Zach, you listen to The Only Ones and you listen to Undertones.
0: Yeah, I didn't know either of those. Let me see. Oh, Modern Lovers. I didn't know that. Uh, Enjoyed it immensely. And that's it. Yeah, those are the three. How about you, Dan?
2: I don't know Rhino 39. Oh, so We talked about them. They
0: were on Beach Boulevard, right? No, they're not. Yeah, I know. Oh, they are on a split. They are Rick L. Rick. When did we talk about that? No, you know?
1: they're not Rick L. Rick either. But but they have a. They're seven inches on um, Danger House. They're one of the. That's right. Coveted Danger House uh, singles. Um, they're from Long Beach, nineteen seventy nine. Um, very. I'm going to use that that word that everyone loves. One point five. Um, I, <laughs> everyone like, loves it. Oh yeah, I mean people who know what's up. It like. Vocals are very laid back, guitars very clean, but like a million miles an hour music. so it's just this weird kind of like midpoint between like what what is this band trying to do and like no one's really doing that so a really cool
0: sounding band What's the uh any others Dan
2: um no I, I'm familiar with everybody else that's on the everyone on the final 50.
0: You know, it's a spectacular record that I don't hear talked about a lot, but doing this process, I listened to it a million times, is that three-way split, The Eyes, The Controllers, The Skulls. Um, yeah. It got mentioned a little bit in our Weirdos interview, just because who has it been, The Skulls? They have, like, the first Neutron Bomb song. What do they try to claim? Or is that The Controllers? No, it was Controllers, Controllers. Yeah. They're like, we got the original Neutron Bomb. What's up? <laughs> you know, but... This seven-inch is spectacular. Like all those songs are so good, you know. Yeah, and uh,
1: the, the most famous thing that came out of that record is, or that grouping of bands is the bass player of the Eyes, Charlotte Caffey, um, became the guitar player of the Go Go's because they needed a guitarist, and so she had to learn how to play the guitar. And then when they needed a new bass player a year or two later, Kathy Valentine from the Textones had to learn how to play bass because she was a guitarist. They didn't just switch. I mean, it was too late at that point, but that's uh, the eyes are, that's the origin of uh, it's pre go there. The eyes.
2: That's sick. The eyes have it and they always will.
0: Ben, is there anything on the list on the top 50 that you weren't familiar with? Um,
1: I don't, I mean, I've heard the fall, I have fall records, I'm not a fall fan, there are just so many records, it's hard to, I mean, Dan could tell you, he actually collects them all, that it's just like, aggravating how many records they have, but this song, this particular song, Rauchy Rumble, I'd have to go back and listen to that and be like, which song is this one again? But other than that, um... Oh, and I had to go back and listen to this Pagan song, Street Where Nobody Lives. Um, another band I'm familiar with, but like I'm ter- I'm so bad with song titles that, you know, if it's not something I listen to all the time, I'd have I go back and
2: listen That must to have been it. really high on your list, Zach.
0: Dude, that yeah. might be my favorite punk song of all time. Um It's so wild because the guitar is just doing like two notes and the bass player is like kind of leading the riff. It's like the bass player is like walking and he's like, do 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 doo 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 do 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 do. So it's not like a rancidy thing. It's like, he's just like walking this scale and then the guitar is so simple. And then the singer has like, I don't know if it's like Clevo 77. Right. But it's just a perfect punk voice. Very similar to Steve Bader's right. Of the dead boys. Um, that are both from the same area, same time. I just love it. All their singles are, are really good. Six and change is even earlier. And that I, many people is considered the classic street where nobody lives is my favorite. Um, that, or what's this thing called? Love was actually called love, whatever. Um, but yeah, everyone should check out the pagans. If they aren't familiar there, they've put out a couple compilation records that have like all their singles and stuff on them. So it's pretty easy to find, There was like one recently in the last 10 years that's actually a great collection of songs, but one of the worst album covers ever um, called shit street. So if you ever see that in the used bin or even new, you know, like grab that one, try to look past the cover. It's, it's pretty terrible. It's just like a picture of a street sign. It looks very generic, terrible, like 1990s CD art, you know, but uh, yeah, spectacular. I had that ranked my number five. So he got 46 points.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to say it's pretty high up for a single pick. <clears
0: <clears <throat> I, I Yeah, was thinking, no
1: regrets, dude. M- maybe <laughs> I should – I kind of want to go through and talk about all the stuff that could be accused of line-stepping because uh, there are a few more things. Um, okay, on
0: the actual list? On on the, the final list. Yeah, the master list. Okay, so what do you consider line-stepping? Okay. We I'm, can shoot it off to uh, Tim.
1: And by the way, I don't like, I'm totally fine with all of this stuff being here. Like I'm just saying other people might be like, "That it doesn't count, but I'm not one of those people, but here's what people might say. The only ones is like power pop or too poppy. It's not punk enough. Or people would say, um, there's a few things. Actually, we talked about this before we d- made our own lists. Does proto punk count? Are we going to count the stooges? and the modern lovers and mc well mc5 didn't make those anyway but um there's a handful of records pre 1976 that new york dolls that's another one like this is this is kind of pre punk so are we counting it and then i was fine either way and we decided yes we're going to we're going to count
0: all that stuff so those those would be other things ben, sorry real quick part of the reason why we counted it was cuz a lot of it got split off to the 60s, right? Like isn't New York Dolls, the first Stooges, some of that stuff is like 69. No, New York
2: Dolls is like 73 or something.
0: Yeah. Okay. We, that's on the list. So the only um, proto stuff is we put Stooges, right? Raw Power? Stooges, New York Dolls, and Modern Lovers are all on the
1: list. Modern really? Lovers came out in 76, 77, but it was recorded in 72, 73. Um, so it's like, I think they had already maybe even broken up, but the original band had broken up by the time that record came out. And one of those guys co-founded the cars. Um, it's like everyone in that band ended up doing significant stuff afterwards. Like one of them ended up in the real kids. And I forget what the fourth, uh, one of them ended up in the talking heads. And then Jonathan Richmond had a solo career of his own. Um, pretty interesting band. Um, but, uh, Let's see. Uh Susie and the Banshees, that would be something where it's like, mm, I don't know. It's not punk enough. Again, I don't care. They're one of my favorite bands ever. It's great that they're
0: included. But, but that EP is pretty punk. I listened to it. You okay. know, with with like that year. I wouldn't I wouldn't consider the catalog all punk, but that record's pretty punk.
1: Yeah, and then another one that In I her- Yeah, great record. And another one that I've heard the argument that they're not punk, but musically, I think you're insane if you don't think it sounds punk is that the jam in the city because they're very much like, we're trying to look like The Who and and we're, we're going for this 60s aesthetic, but like they sure sound like a punk band to me, at least this first record or even the second one. So um,
0: <laughs> no argument. Not there. the fifth one for
1: damn nope, in the I- 80s. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, not that one. It, no, I'm, I'm serious. It does not sound like a punk record to me. Uh, and then, and then, w- one of the other ones that would people would say that's post punk would be Public Image Limited. Um, but that mm-hmm. is like that. That's the single Public Image that, that the song is so fucking good. It's like Sex Pistols level good. And if you know me, sec- that's like the tippy tippy top of all music. Um, so. Um, I'm totally fine with that being on the list. I'd, it's probably on my list. I'd have to go back and look.
0: There were five things other than that Joy Division record that got knocked. Um so let's let's jump into the controversy of me being a dick. I bounced the magazine real life LP. Um I bounced that blondie X offender seven inch. That thing is bubblegum as fuck. Uh, I bounced Gang of Four Entertainment. I bounced. That's insane. That's insane.
2: Bouncing that? you, Zach, right now you're giving me migraines.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't think Gang of Four Entertainment's a punk LP. But hey, I could be wrong. Um, yeah, it would have gotten, let's see, 31 points.
2: So basically, it was a war on my list.
0: Well, your your list was a war on this project. You know, <laughs> with all that line stepping, um, no. yeah. So with thirty one points, that record would have ended up number forty nine. So like, none of this is super egregious, and that's the the blondie is the highest one. It would have been number thirty three, so it would have ended up tied with the kids' self titled LP. Um, for number forty-eight, so really nothing that gnarly gets bounced. Uh, the Suicide Dream Baby Dream got bounced, and Reckless Eric Whole Wide World Seven Inch got bounced. Top Supremo, yeah. That's so beautiful.
1: six. Here's an irony about um, Suicide. They're they're the first band, I believe, who self-identified as punk rock. Like, they would write it on their flyers in, like, 1971. Punk rock band. So... But they don't count. (laughs) What were they identifying as in 1979?
0: They were so over punk by 79 then, huh?
2: No, they're they're the most punk because they opened for the Clash in Glasgow and someone threw a fucking axe at them (laughs) while they played. And they carried on playing and they were thrown, like... Because, obviously... The music doesn't line up exactly like the Clash. It's, you know, it's got an electronic feel to it. It's got, you know, it's key based, not guitar based. And,
0: this is a great uh, argument for them, Dan.
2: Hey, it's punk as fuck. They were playing all those places and taking on the
0: punks. That's as punk as it gets. So, yeah, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> we Wrap it up, 31 minutes Ben, let's go no, to you no. for a, a breakdown of, of the regions and so forth
2: Well, I have a Before we do that I ha- have a little thing to bring up So this is 1970s, right? There are Four records on here And arguably one could be Argued as the beginning of it But there are four records on here That are um Hardcore You know Uh, We've got Misfits Bullet, Black Flag Nervous Breakdown, and then we've got um, Ted Kennedy's California Uber Alice at number 41, and then we've got arguably the song that potentially births hardcore, middle class, out of vogue, 1978, number 46 on this list.
0: Yeah, that's a uh, good point. Yeah. And also we should say, so a, a fun fact of the list, middle class is the lowest ranked record that all of us voted for. So let's see here. It ended up number 46. It got the consensus of 15 points, but yeah, it got voted f- number 42 by Ben, number 47 by Dan, and number 45 by your boy. So well, yeah, some- averaged out and a without- Bonus points, you got bumped up a little bit. I to want 46. to address.
1: I want to address that though, because a lot of this, a lot of that, those th- those records you mentioned get rec- retconned as hardcore because of records those same bands did later on. In other words, the Misfits, Do Earth Ad in eighty three. It's a hardcore record. Is if if they had never done that, or you had never heard that, and you listened to Bullet, would you really think of it as a hardcore record? Like Hollywood Babylon, you know what I mean? Same thing with no, de- same goes for Dead same goes for Flag
2: the song bullet is definitely hardcore and same is the so, same as the song both california uber Alice and uh, nervous breakdown they're all hardcore
0: they're all mid tempo or mid tempo up tempo so like it could break either way right which is sort like, of why no straight up.
1: yeah it's it's For- why i did the whole 1.5 thing cuz this is like because these, this argument will never end until there's a category that falls into the middle
0: yeah, there's no like fast beat on any of that stuff except for Out of Vogue, you know? And that's kind of like the the line of when a band is a hardcore band, you know? I don't know. I think
2: I think it's uh bullshit that Reckless Eric got bounced.
0: Well, cry about it.
2: <laughs> I I will.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. Keep going. What? Make your argument for Reckless Eric.
2: It, I mean, it's it's very lo-fi, you know, but it it can't be. What would you describe it as other than punk? Like, um, when it, you know, it kicks in and it's. I don't know. I, I've always just known it as, I, I suppose, new wave. I guess. I suppose. I don't know. I've always known it as a as a stellar emotional punk single.
0: I mean, I would describe it as something that should be ranked lower than the UK subs. <laughs> <sighs> Poor Reckless hey, just me, dude.
2: Hey, if it ain't stiff, it ain't worth a fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah. So our number 50 is the Deadbeats Kill the Hippies. That must be Ben's. Because I'm looking at the, the ones with one point, right? Jilted yeah. John, self-titled 7-78. Inch And then mine was Raxola, self-titled. And that's a good seg- segue because Raxol is definitely a, a mainland Euro band. I think they? I don't know. I have to look up where they're from, but I love that record. Um, although I guess I ranked it at fifty, but hey, top fifty is respectable. You know what I mean?
2: Seriously,
0: I mean. I, Sto- I, oh, go ahead, Dan. Sorry.
2: I just found this one so hard to condense to fifty. You know, like Generation X is fifty-one on mine and you know Elvis Kelt, Costello and the Attractions Armed Forces, Pork Dukes Um yeah there's a lot missing and you know we could really have done a hundred but it would have got a bit watered down near the end
0: yeah because the the reason why we did 50 and we've do, been able to do hundred and the other ones is I really like when the list has consensus and I don't mean to beat that word into everyone's head too much but It's nice when we agree on things, right? And the bottom numbers, like let's say on the other list when we did 100, everything that's like from, you know, 75 to 100 is basically all our solo picks, right? And that's just kind of strange, especially for the 90s when we had four people voting with pops added to this group. You know what I mean? Like if someone's ranking something relative, you know, midway on their list and they're the only person, I don't know if that should be making like a top. Hundred list for like a consensus. So this is really good. Um, the first record, let's see from number one through number 15, we all voted for that record or band at least. Right. And every single record is consensus until, or every single band is consensus until my Pagan's pick, which came in at number 36. So number one through 35 had at least two people voting for that band. Um, the next one that had no consensus would be The Fall coming in at number 40. The next one would be Radio Birdman, Radios Appear coming in at 43. And the last one would be Pill coming in at 45. Oh, no. And then, like the, then X-Ray Specs, The Kids, and Fear, all with uh, just one vote.
2: What? No one else voted X-Ray
0: Specs? Mm. Dude, it's all right if you like saxophones. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it beat fear.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: True. <laughs> How's that? Take that fear. You even know that New York. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. The sax punk record <laughs> beat fear. <laughs> True. Oh, that's funny. Okay, Ben, let's do a, a regional breakdown. Yeah, I do this
1: I've done this for the eighties list and the nineties list. So um for um I'm keeping the uh, categories the same. East Coast, we have five records. West Coast, 14, 14 records. This is the first time the West Coast beats the East Coast. In, in all the other lists, the East Coast had the most out of anything. Um, and then Midwest slash Texas, I, nothing from Texas, but the Midwest, three uh, records. So that means the United States combined has 22 uh, records on our seventies list: Canada zero. Sorry, DoA. DoA had a lot of singles in the in the seventies. We didn't pick any of them. Or f- Canadian subhumans almost made the list. You, um, the UK had twenty five uh, records. Continental Europe had one, which was the Kids from Holland. Japan zero. Australia two, which are the Saints and Radio Birdman. So. Here's the biggest takeaway from this is the dominance of the UK, more, more records from the UK than the United States on this list by, by three. Um, So in the seventies for our seventies list, exactly 50% of the records are UK on our eighties list. 17% of the records are from the UK and on our nineties master list, 2% of the records are from the UK. So you just see the precipitous decline throughout the decades from this once dominating uh, punk rock force that is the United Kingdom. And I, I almost could have broken up, up uh, Northern Ireland and Scotland because there's, well, I don't know how many Scottish records, number 50, the Rosillo's, but Northern Ireland, we have uh, undertones and stiff little fingers and maybe something else. Maybe that's it though. Anyway, um, Dan probably has something to say about this. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not. We should just say that, like
0: UK, UK does bounce back in the 2000s, though, right? So while like the 90s wasn't the greatest, greatest, there's been a lot of good stuff, especially in the last 10 years. You especially know, in so the last five UK years, bounced back. What?
1: Especially in the last five years, but yes, in the last 10 years, definitely. Okay. Dan, the what's last your take?
2: five years are within the last 10 years, Ben. <laughs> but I'm going. Yeah. I'm saying.
1: Even within the last ten years, the more even more recently, it's been very significant. That's what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, I would say this is where um, a lot of the time the UK is leading in this world. I mean, obviously there are still some absolutely stellar, incredible American records, but I'd say in these like four years that we're looking at here, like the the imprint and the look and the nature of of like punk is really well developed coming out of the uk and then like we said in the 80s like it's probably running all, along side by side by the 90s i would say a lot of uk stuff is looking to america for influence
0: i mean the top 10 are split 50-50 right of uk and america so that's interesting. Also like with Ben speaking on mainland Europe, I think all that stuff is my picks. Birdman is me with no no one else voting that way. The kids was me, no one else voting that way. Number 51, uh Canadian subhumans, if it would have made the 50, I think I was the only vote on that. Um So yeah, why do you guys hate everything that's not UK and uh America, guys?
1: I picked uh the Saints I had the Saints on my list. I must have. It must have been pretty high too. I'm going to look. Uh, she, 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 she. Number f- fifteen, Saints. I'm stranded single. I have. I have. So I
0: don't. Just I have it on, on my list season. too. Yeah, fifteen and thirty-two. Ben has it at fifteen. Dan has it at thirty-two. Yeah. So, although I'm, one of you guys picked the LP, one of you guys picked the seven-inch.
2: I uh, picked the seven-inch.
0: Dan doesn't want any more Saint songs. He's like, I know there's a longer version, but I just like the short one. <laughs> Why do you hate um, more Saint songs, Dan?
2: Well, I think they fucked up. They should have called themselves the Saints, and then they would have been really <laughs> great.
0: <laughs> Love it, um, Ben. Were you going to do a takeaway on the years?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I do this for every decade as well. Um, number of records per <laughs> year in, in our list. So here we go. This one's pretty interesting. Um, 1970, 0, 1971, 0, 1972, 0, 1973, 2, 1974, 0, 1975, 0, 1976, 2, 1977, 8, 1978, 20, 1979, 18. And I think, and uh, like I said before, the modern lovers. Uh, That record came out in 77, but it was recorded in 72 or three. So the interesting thing here is that people think of 1977 as like the peak year for punk, uh, for this era of punk. We have seven or if you want to count eight records from that year and then more than double that the next year, which just proves that the year I was born 1978 is the superior year. Um, So, um, the only other interesting stat I have, and I'm not even positive I got this right, but we were also doing most represented individual per decade. In other words, if there was a person who was in multiple bands, like for example, the the, the 80s was Ian McKay, Teen Idols, Minor Thread, Embrace Fugazi. The 90s was Walter Schreifel's Youth of Today, Quicksand, Civ, Moondog. The 70s, I guess it is Johnny Rotten because Sex Pistols, P.I.L. I can't think of anyone else who's on the list twice or more than twice. And I'm trying to think of like some of these Danger House bands, you know, like did Nicky Beat play on a lot of these records? And I went back. It's like, no, he didn't play on the bag single. In fact, I don't even think he's on this list at all. So, yeah, Johnny Rotten with two. How yeah. about
0: that. <laughs> All right. Well, any other uh, takeaways from the 70s, guys? You guys want to do this so bad. In fact, you guys have been needling me all the time for we got to talk the 70s more. Well, here's the entire decade, and we got 45 minutes, and we're like, well, that's that.
2: Well, it's only 50 songs, right? So it's half what we would talk about on on another one. Also, I have all these
0: bands. You can talk about any band you want right now, Dan, on the list.
2: Yeah. Okay. I will.
0: I, I will talk a few
2: things. I just got libeled <laughs> by saying that I didn't like anything other than UK or USA, but I think I have a Belgian and two Australians on my list. I've got the saints, AKA the Saints, And I have, uh, the boys next door LP, which was Nick caves first band. And that LP door door is amazing. I would say, Listen to the song Night Watchman. It is so good. Like, so, so good. Um, and my Belgian pick was Plastic Bertrand, Sa Plan Moi. Ugh, Sa Plan Moi. You know, classic punk song covered by many after. Um, also known as Jet Boy, Jet Girl by others using the same music. Um, I'm really bummed about the Joy Division slighting because I think I don't know of a record that has affected me more than Unknown Pleasures has. Doesn't make it punk. (laughs) Okay, well, um, the one thing I'd, I'd love to say is that what's really cool about even though this kind of becomes a much stronger thing in the '80s, but there is like early street punk slash oi coming to the fore in like '79. You've got angelic upstarts, teenage warning LP. You've got um, you've got um, Sham '69. Tell us the truth, nineteen seventy eight. You've got the Coxsparra self-titled LP, 78, which is a little bit more rock and roll, but it's still got that lad from the streets vibe. You've got Menace, GLC, Slaughter and the Dogs, Do It Dog Style, representing Manchester. You've got... Um, what else was there that is in that category because it, I find that interesting of the, the groundswell of this like starting out, but then exploding Cock- in the early eighties Cockney rejects. Did you say that? Oh, yeah. I'm not a fool. Yeah. No. The Cockney rejects. I'm not a fool. Uh, seven inch. So good.
0: Dude, um, the stiff little fingers. They get, they get shouted out by the greatest OE band of all time. The dropkick Murphys. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and uh my number forty nine, which is interesting that this is is seventies because a lot of people would think of this as a eighties powerhouse band, but Crass, uh The Feeding of the Five Thousand in um came out in nineteen seventy-nine. And then that birthed an entire um genre, not necessarily sound-alike genre, but a genre of anarcho political thought within punk that goes deep and far from, from that, you know, those starting points.
0: Yeah. Peace punk. I think, I think a low ranked record on here is the dead boys LP. I think it's top 10 for sure. Neither of you guys even have it top 25. Um, Ben ranks it at 32. Dan ranks it at 26. Can you explain yourself please?
2: I don't think it's – I think the highs are so high that they outshine a lot of the rest of the stuff for me.
0: There's no that clunkers. Be, it's so short. That would be my
2: explanation. No, I
1: there's clunkers. To. I was listening to that record the other day. And by the way, Crass has lots of records that came out in the 70s. I'm looking at their discography. Feeding of the 5000 came out in 78. Stations of the Crass double LP 79. And then they have – Reality Asylum, Shaved Women, single from 79. And okay, they have three records from the 70s. That's a lot. Um, Okay, so let's go back to Dead Boys and let's talk talk Dead Boys because I was listening to Young, Loud, and Snotty the other day.
2: Let's do.
0: All right, Dead Boys, Young, Loud, and Snotty, 1977. Ben, kick it off. Sonic Reducer.
1: One of the best punk songs ever written, which is so obvious that I feel like I'm wasting everyone's time even saying it. Essentially a rewrite of Iggy and the Stooges' Search and Destroy, but different enough where it doesn't feel stale. This is the Dead Boys song. Awesome flange effect on the drums, ripping solo, mean palm-muted down picking, and lyrics about building a bomb? I hope not. Unless it's a neutron bomb. Um, Then I'll be 10 feet tall and you'll be nothing at all.
0: 11 out of 10. Dude, this song is so good. I bet Johnny Rotten heard it and like shed a slow tear and was like, I'm going to start a new wave band. You know, this song is so perfect for punk. And everyone knows it, but if you haven't, you're in for a surprise. You know, it's like once in a while you come across someone that's like, oh, no, man, never seen Shawshank Redemption. And it's like, dude, I wish I was you. I wish I could watch that movie for the first time again, you know? And this song is just absolutely perfect. Can't step to it. All right, Ben, all this and more.
1: Sick intro with 60s style hand claps over a strange Tom heavy beat. Dead Boys say the name of their own band so much in their lyrics that they should be considered an honorary rap group. This is essentially a love song, a punk rock power ballad without being corny. That is no small feat. The marshmallow has not fallen off the stick. Great song.
0: Yeah. This thing is, it's the first ballad on the record, but it's so sleazy and no one does. I'll I'll talk on the next one about my opinion on their ballads. But this is just perfect. Again, first song, like Ben said, 11 out of 10. This is a 10 out of 10. Um, Absolute classic. Ben, What Love Is, song number three.
1: Second best song on the album after Sonic Reducer. Sick drum fills and doubled vocals with those breaks. I want you to know what love is. It doesn't really get any more rockin' than this. This is a perfect punk rock and roll song.
0: Yeah, this is just a straight up rocker and, and perfect. And so in line with like that late seventies Clevo sound, um, this sounds like the pagans also, or the pagans sound like this. Um, and this style is why I love the dead boys so much and why I love the pagans so much. It's just, again, perfect. They're three for three on this record so far, Ben, uh, song four, not anymore
1: whatever all this and more had is lacking in this song it's slow it drags it's not working stiv is so fragile and vulnerable here he is building an emotional wall around himself but i see i still see the scarred the scarred and scared little boy
0: inside dude i completely disagree this is probably the best punk ballad of all time other than maybe can't put your arms around a memory. This thing is so ill. And I love it. Also, has one of my favorite like punk lead slash solos in it. You know, obviously, Misfits 138. Um, the wipers, I don't know what I am, or whatever that song's called. And then this, like, they're so simple, but so perfect. Like, you wouldn't change a note. And yeah, I just I love this. They're four for four on this LP. Uh, I mean, that's why this is goat status for me. Okay. Ain't ain't got nothing to do or ain't nothing to do. Ben
1: killer, hard rock intro into a full on rock and roll rager. Dead boys are the best when they rock. The bridge is ill. I'll beat up the next hippie. I see there is a heaviness in their music.
0: I'll beat up you.
1: (laughs) There is a heaviness in their music. And I think a lot of early punk doesn't get the credit. It deserves for being heavy just because it's not metal sounding or whatever.
0: Yeah, I think that this is the best song other than Sonic Reducer. In fact, I might like it even more than Sonic Reducer. This is one of the greatest songs of all time. And again, it's just a Dead Boys rocker, but like when it transitions to that other part, when it's like, yeah, maybe I'll beat up the next hippie I see, maybe I'll beat up yo, like, it's like, fuck, this is just like... Perfect up tempo rock and roll sleaze. Like if you loved Appetite for Destruction, um, if you loved like the first couple Rose Tattoo LPs, like this is there. This is on that level, you know. And uh, I wish it was regarded that way. Okay, caught with the meat in your mouth, Ben.
1: Okay, this is sexist even by 1970s punk rock standards. Everything is relative, and relatively speaking, this ranks high on the misogyny o meter. Um, musically it's another mid tempo song that is heavily indebted to fifties rock and roll. Pretty average.
0: It's just another rock and roll ripper that makes this record. Great. Yeah. Controversial lyrics. I would agree. Um, I mean, I need lunch has, has some, uh, lyrics that I wouldn't write also, you know what I mean? But Hey, it is what it is. It's done. Um, and this is, it's just ill. It's another ripper uptempo sleaze dude um hey little girl live
1: the only live song on the album recorded at the dead boys home base of cbgb their manager hilly crystal was the owner of the club so that helped a little i'm guessing this is also the only cover on the album not counting the rocket from the tombs songs because that band contained future dead boys so i'm not counting those as covers um the original version of Hey Little Girl was by of Sound, released in 1966. An okay cover of an okay song. The sound is so good at CBs that if not for the clapping after they finish or and before, I would have guessed that this was a studio track. It sounds that crisp and good. Uh, one more fun fact. John Belushi was a huge fan of the Dead Boys, and he would often sit in on drums with
0: them for this song. There's footage of it. This is the filler track on the record, and I think it's literally filler. Like, I wonder if, like, the album wasn't long enough or something. They're like, oh, let's just tuck in a live track. It's very strange, you know, to put a live song kind of in the middle of the record on your first LP. It's it's just kind of strange. So it must just be to drag the thing out. I don't hate the song. Um, it's the first song that I would give like a five out of ten or a six out of ten to. Also, it's a little distracting because like, it is a live recording, so it kind of cuts up the record in a strange way. Um, I'm not against the song. It's fine to listen to. It's nice. It's an okay song, right? I wish I would have just yanked it, though, or put it as the last track, the last track, because then I could have skipped it. So, uh, yeah, next one. I need lunch, Ben.
1: Well, you, you want the last track to be a banger too, right? Because that's the, the the last
0: impression that you have of a record. Anyway, Um I don't know because like we came up in like the the CD era when like there's so much like bonus stuff put on CDs that like I don't always yeah you're right you want the last track to be banging but I'm also like okay with that's where it ends everything after that is kind of like a bonus
1: right okay I need lunch more misogyny Stiv really sounds like he's trying to convey attitude on this one try hard vocals over another average song that drags. It should be noted that this album was produced by a woman, uh, Genya Ravan. I'm probably saying her name incorrectly. Very rare in those days for there to be a female record producer. She is also a Holocaust survivor. So she escaped untold horrors in Europe to produce debaters singing about threatening to punch women. I'm really making it sound worse than it probably was the producer part, not the Holocaust part.
0: Yeah, there is a paradox in that, right? Like, female producer which is pretty rad for the time um but yeah this song is straight up misogyny um that part is fucked it's the worst ballad on the record but still if you're looking past those lyrics and him just being like a drunk sleazebag it's a pretty decent track um okay high tension wire
1: slow skipper this song is so forgettable um and doesn't even have sexist lyrics to stick in your head. Oh wait. Yeah, it kind of (laughs) does, but it's still forgettable.
0: This might be the worst song on the album. 100% disagree. I think this uh, is another great ballad and like thinking about this LP. I don't know. Like this has always been like one of my go-to albums that I just play. And I guess I never really thought about it. It is like front loaded, but maybe the reason why it's so easy to listen to just over and over is the whole thing and not as like tracks is because like there's actually slow songs on here I like, which is very strange. I think this song is exceptional. I think it is better than I Need Lunch. It's probably the third best re- or ballad on the record, and I can't <clears throat> think of another punk record where I'm like, oh, there's three or four ballads on that record that I like. It's pretty insane. Um, okay, Down in Flames
1: redemption end on a high note go out in a in a fall ball of fire dead boy dead boy running scared pure rock action their friend ronald binder cut a great pro wrestling promo in the middle of this song too and he also used to dress like a wrestler i should know more about him and who he is he introduces the band the same way on their excellent live dvd which came out i think in the early 2000s uh, it's them playing live at CBGB in like 1977 and they play every song a little bit faster, which is incredible. But yeah, this song rules.
0: Yeah. It's a great way to end the record. Cause they end with a rocker and then it just totally falls apart. You know, it's a, it's a ill way to end. Um, yeah. So I guess instead of hoping that, uh, Hey Little is the last track, I wish it was this straight plucked. It would be, this LP is just awesome. I think it's, it's a little rated on the list. Cause I think it's a top 10 punk record and that's that.
1: And snotty. I just got to pull up the track list because I suck at song titles, Sonic reducer, fucking incredible. One of the best punk songs ever. You're crazy. If you don't think so, what love is so fucking good. But then they do like, um, they cover Hey little girl by the syndicate of sound. And it's like, okay, cool. You like oldies. I do too. Um, I Need Lunch, like, eh, not the best song in the world. High Tension wires. There's two
0: great ballads. There's two great ballads on the record, though. And, like, that's pretty ill for 77. It's very, like, you know. Oh, you want ballads now? (laughs) Yeah. If it's punk. Super punk, dude. (laughs) Yeah, and Ain't Nothing to Do is, like, a rocker rocker. You know, so. I don't know. It's got like bangers. It's got a couple of like pretty sick like sleaze ball ballads, you know? Like I don't think uh Johnny Thunders didn't make the list, did it? Uh
1: Heartbreakers LAMF at number oh, 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 19.
0: Right. But like the you can't put your heart around a memory. That that oh, fucking Oh. Yeah. Johnny Thunders solo. Yeah,
1: solo alone. That didn't make it. no. Right,
0: oh, right, just, right.
2: Just in case someone's listening f- to one of these breakdowns for the first time, we can only choose one band once, so they can't be on there for multiple records.
0: Right, that. because otherwise, like we would have had what three damned records? Oh yeah, three damned, yeah, three. three four three Ramones. Ramones, three Ramones, four. Oh.
1: Well. Johnny Thunders could have been on it twice because it's Johnny Thunders solo versus Heartbreakers and then Iggy Pop could have been on it as Iggy Pop solo but that would have been line stepping I guess maybe even though I love those (laughs) records I guess we'd
2: have to ask Tim (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, what's something on each other's lists that you were um, psyched to see even if it didn't make yours
0: Lead it off, Dan.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at your list right now. So, um, blank generation, Richard Hell and the Voidoids. Uh, I. I don't like the whole thing as much. That's why it wasn't on mine. But the highs on that are so good, and I'm really glad that it was represented. On your that's
0: list. a record where, like, that's Ben's Dead Boys argument. That's got such high highs and such low lows. Yeah, so, definitely. I mean, it's got high highs, but it's got low lows.
2: <laughs> it's got subterranean lows. Yes.
0: It has dog shit.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you know, a record that I love, it, I went on a kick like for a couple years of, I love all those killed by death compilation LPs. And so that kind of like fucked up my brain a little bit with this stuff, you know? Um, but number 54 there's a band called Filth, a different band called Filth. Um, yeah, that song "Don't Hide Your Hate" is like, it's got it's like you know, Dan, you you do a good job of plucking out like '70s singles, you know that you think are hot, like hot enough to make lists with like one song. That yeah. song is so good, that "Don't Hide Your Hate" song. So yeah, I
2: need I need to listen to that because a I love the other Filth as you know, and b like for you to equate it to the things that like, for example, on my list I've got, you know, a, a few just singles where the, the one song is just so good that I had it in my list like uh, Spitfire Boys British Refugee, that 7-inch is so good um, so it makes me want to listen to that uh, song and I think you've sent it to me in the past but I think it got lost in the shuffle I, Yeah, I'm probably- there's something I'm bummed the magazine LP got bounced because that song, I should have just put the magazine shot by both sides seven inch. And then you would have listened to that and go, okay, that, that can stay, but maybe the whole LP was just a a step too far, a line step too far.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause that would have, it would have come in at 48, you know, it would have bounced the Rosillos though. And we would have been less uh, on UK and USA friendly.
2: No, uh, the um, magazines from Manchester. It's
0: I know but that would, would be another UK band, not not outside of UK US.
2: Well, the Rizillos it would have bounced,
0: would have Scotland, bounced the Rosillos, right? And aren't they? They're Scottish. Scotland, UK. Right. Councils UK. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. They're Scottish.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, Ben. <laughs> anything that you were stoked on showing up?
1: Um on the on the master list or on other people's
0: lists? I don't know. Dan proposed a question.
2: <laughs> Either or if there's things that you saw pop up on Zach or my list that you were like, Oh, sick, I forgot I didn't think about that, or I'm glad to see that was represented at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Dan, on your list you had I Wanna Be Free by the Rings, which um that was a band that they got this guy uh god what was his name twink think pink with twink he was in um fucking pink fairies he was it like this is pre pre-punk kind of like from that whole scene that Hawkwind and lemmy came out of but anyway he when when the punk thing happened in like 77 he did this band the rings and uh, that this is one of the first i don't know 15 or 20 punk records i ever heard and then i completely forgot it was like it was recorded onto a, like a mixtape by my dad's friend and i forgot about it for decades and then like probably maybe 10 years ago it came up again on one of these you know back in the mega upload era and i'm like oh yeah that song because i actually had forgotten that the name of the band was the rings but i knew the song in my head the entire time that was cool to see that on your list it was also cool to see the nerves who i think of as i guess they're kind of like one of the ultimate power pop bands. But again, I don't give a shit, whatever. Like if I knew that would have counted, I would have put them on my list too. Cause that nerves record is amazing. They're an LA band, Peter case and Paul Collins and Jack Lee came out of that band. It was a, th- it was a three person band and every person in the band was like an a plus level songwriter. Like Jack Lee wrote the song, um, hanging on the telephone, which Blondie covered, and he wrote another song just for Blondie. And then Peter Case ended up forming the Souls, And then uh, uh, who is the last guy I mentioned? Well, the other guy started the beat, Paul Collins. Paul Collins started the beat and it's like the beat from LA. That's why the English beat is called the English beat here because there was a beat from LA. But like that's sort of like the great LA pop, a power pop family tree. Um, and then let's see, I'm going to go to Zach's list, list and give him some love here. Zach had a lot of stuff I had never heard before. Like I had never heard fucking Raxola or Belgium. Um, yeah. Never heard them before. Hollywood squares is, is there was a compilation of LA punk that came out on like soul jazz records, maybe like four years ago. And like Hollywood squares was the only band on it where I'm like, I don't even know who this is. So that's another, first- that's another
0: like killed by death band.
1: Yeah. That's when I first became aware of that. And then um as far as great stuff that didn't make it onto the main list, that might be it. Most of your stuff made it onto the main list. PF Commando is another one where I'm where I had to go back and listen to that. Um
0: yeah, recognizable well album cover. Like I'm sure you've seen that album cover. I see it all the time. Yeah. Really? You know? Yeah. Now you'll see it all the time now that you're like used to hearing the name. Dude, did you know that in 2017 the Dead Boys re-recorded <laughs> Young Loud and Snotty?
2: Ugh. With with Cheetah Chrome singing?
0: I don't know. It says that he played on it, him and Johnny Blitz. They they reformed the Dead Boys with a new lineup and re recorded Young Loud and Snotty. It's called Still Snotty, Young, Loud and Snotty at 40.
1: Ugh. Ugh. They have a singer now. They have like a younger guy doing the Steve Bader's thing. Um, younger, younger meaning you know less than sixty-eight or whatever. However old Steve Baders would be if he were still
0: alive. Um, you know what's ill, dude? Is there's a Poison Idea record? It's them and Jeff Dahl, and they do all this like a bunch of Steve Bader songs, and they do that. Um, what is it? Lords of the New Church, his band after. Yep. They they do that song "Open Your Eyes" and oh my god, Poison Idea doing that song is like one of the greatest things ever. Um, unfortunately, it's not on streaming and it's not on vinyl, <laughs> so I think it only came out on CD. So Ben handled business it can be like your little uh, your little Poison Idea love there in a little note. <laughs> I you're love how you're working.
1: You're working Poison Idea covering a record from the eighties into our seventies. <laughs>
0: no, it's fine. Well, I'm mean. just trying to harp on that young, loud and snotty is totally underrated. It's a top 10 punk record.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I'm just not mad at any of this. It's all so much of this is just like canon shit. Like it trips me out. Like what's the most like beloved seventies punk band where you're just like, I don't get it. I don't like this. Like, I mean, everyone's got them. Right. So let's go around in the circle and share. What would it well, be for me,
0: number well, number sixteen. The only ones I'd never heard before, and then I uh, loved them. Wire, Wire, Pink Flag is has always been a record that missed me. I talked on that, and then also, yeah, 16 or eighteen, like because that Undertones LP, I really did not enjoy. I thought it was just so bubblegum. The vocals and the backups, like I don't know, it was like listening to a little, like a little more down tempo dickies you know like dickies is very bubblegum but like at least they're like up tempo and seem kind of zany there's something to them and the undertones was just like oh this is it's just like bubblegum radio i don't know what's your take
1: teenage kicks is their first single and it's the famously john the famous uh radio personality john Peel's favorite song ever so he played the shit out of it for decades um But if you listen to Teenage Kicks. What?
2: Who was his favorite band of all time?
1: The Fall. The Fall was his favorite band. That's right. Um, That's right. But for Teenage Kicks, if you listen to that song, that came out in 1978. And then listen to The Misfits, Some Kind of Hate, also recorded in 1978. And it's like, this is the same song. Like- I'm sure the undertones hadn't heard a Misfits song that didn't come out, but did, had had the Misfits heard the undertone single, I don't even know if the chronology makes sense. Like had the undertone single come out first, but it's the same fucking song. It's crazy.
0: Well, both those bands, Misfits, early Misfits and undertones have to be influenced by the same bands, right? Like fifties. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like oh,
1: absolutely rock and roll. But- but here's the thing: both songs go dun 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 dun. I guess I guess that is kind of almost like you're talking about three of the
0: most popular chords in the world. That's like that's like every 50s jam. Yeah, that's like you know complaining about like the T formation. Like every single, you know, like all of Blink's hits are like the same chords, right? And it's also like the same chord as "With or Without You," and you know, everything is that. The T formation, dude. Shout out, right, Tom Delong. So.
1: Here, t- two other songs that that made our master list that are the same are uh, the only ones. Another girl, another planet, and the Vibrators' Whips and Furs. They both go, So... I think both from the same year as well. Uh, Vibrators maybe a little earlier. Maybe not though.
0: Okay. Let's wrap up. Um, First of all, just because not everyone goes to the website. You guys should. It's fun to, to at these lists. We have the master list up. Then you can click through that see our individual list. Then you can click through that. And it's all the, the listeners that have submitted their list. So much respect to all the listeners that have submitted their list, putting their money where their mouth is. You know what I mean? Um, Let's each go through and just say our top five, right? Because um, I think that's interesting for the people that aren't going to make it to the website. Um, ben, you want to go ahead and say your top five first? Okay, my top five are number five uh, Black Flag Nervous
1: Breakdown, number four The Clash London Calling Double LP, number three Generation X Self titled LP, number two The Ramones Self titled LP, and number one Sex Pistols. Never mind the Bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols, which I've been listening to a lot lately and reading a lot of books about the Sex Pistols. And they're maybe the most fascinating band ever that I can think of. Them and the Germs,
0: probably. Um, that's my list. Shout out to Ben for not trolling this decade. Dan, your top five.
2: <laughs> Number five Sex Pistols, never mind the bollocks. Number four, The Damned Machine Gun Etiquette. Number three, Wire, Pink Flag. Number two, The Clash, London Calling. And number one, The Pride of Manchester, Joy Division, Unknown Pleasures.
0: All right. Let's see. My number five is The Pagan Street Where Nobody Lives, EP. Number four, Dead Boys, Young, Loud, and Snotty. Number three, The Weirdos, We Got the Neutron Bomb. Number two, Black Flag, Nervous Breakdown, EP. And number one, You Know the greatest punk record of the seventies it's misfits the bullet EP good God melt your face. You know what I mean? Like I can, I listen to a lot of the stuff. Like let's, let's listen to like generation X, right? It's a good record. It sounds nice. I like to have it on, but like compare that to bullet and it's like, Holy fuck. Bullet is so much gnarlier, you know, but like, yeah, it maintains melody. Um, it's just wild to me. It's like, it's almost different worlds. Like they are botting generation X and a bunch of this other stuff. Although generation X makes my list. Um, I'm not <laughs> egregious like Dan when generation X comes in at number 34, right where it should. Um, also just want to say for the seventies and the eighties, I think the band that got boned the hardest was the wipers. Um, Because Dan and I both thought that their first LP was 79. Um, I put their third LP on my 80s list, but I think I had it at like in the mid 30s or 40s. And then Ben and Dan both didn't have the weirdos, excuse me, the wipers on their list at all. Um, And then we found out like their first LP was 1980 after we'd put the list out. So in the 70s, I put their seven inch better off dead in at 36, but. You know, part of that was like, um, yeah, just like guilt of not having them on the '80s list. You know, I do enjoy the seven inch, but as far as their spectacular material it's the the '80s, so maybe I high ranked that seven inch a little bit for the '70s. But I don't know, just a spectacular band that I feel bad didn't make the list. Dan, is there anything like that that stands out to you?
2: Yeah, I think that with the Wipers, like the fact that we thought. The first LP was '70s, so it was left off the '80s because it would have ranked really. It would have been a triple consensus high in the '80s. You know, Um,
0: Ben, would you have voted for that in the '80s?
2: Did I vote for it in the '80s? I guess I didn't.
0: No, yeah, you didn't. I don't think. So yeah, maybe we all got it wrong. Sorry, Dan.
2: Yeah, no, I I just thought that's the thing. What I would urge is the listeners to go to the website and look at all three of our individual 50s because there's going to be a few things on there that you definitely haven't heard of um i'm not being like a i'm not trying to big ourselves up it's just there are things on each other's list that we hadn't heard of like so there are going to be a few things and you know all you have to do is like cut and paste off there and throw it in youtube and just check it out, you know, because a lot of these things aren't... Some of these EPs are not going to be on the, um, on Spotify or anything like that. So, like, my highest ranked one that a lot of people might not know is The Licks, 1970s, were made in Hong Kong. If you haven't heard that, like, check that out. It's so good. And I know Zach's got, you know, like, that Filth one or The lewd Kill Yourself, and then Ben's got stuff on his list that like I had never heard Rhino39 and that's really high on Ben's Um, so there are things that I'm going to do that same thing with but this is why we do these kind of exercises a because we love just talking about stuff and ranking stuff is really fun and and you know it gives Zach a chance to cyber bully us Um, (laughs) but (laughs) Um, what I'll say is like the best thing about this stuff because it was all based on Pusshead's list, which turned so many of us onto records we never would have checked out without this. This is kind of why we love doing this too, because you know, there's a chance that you know, like for example, on Ben's list, randoms ABCD, let's get rid of New York. I don't know that, so I will be checking that out. Um, I, I, I think. Doing this is so fun, and I hope you know maybe ten to fifteen people who listen to this part a lot will dive into some of these songs that they haven't heard and and really find something that they love.
0: I think it's much more than that, Dan, <laughs> but okay, mm-hmm. um, any other Not final at- thoughts? <laughs> Okay, we go to Ben for final thoughts.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I thought you said Ben final thoughts, so I shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, he's, he's at any more a final thoughts. Oh, um, I would just say, I love talking music with you two, even if we are being cyberbullied.
0: Dang, getting jabbed again. Okay, <laughs> Ben, final thoughts. Um, some of these records, it
1: it was it's like close, like. The damn. Do you go machine gun etiquette? Do you do you go damn damn damned? Have we ever done a head to head with those two records? Maybe we have. It's been we've
0: done so no, many because we don't talk the seventies that much because we're a okay. hardcore punk rock podcast. Okay. So like generally we talk like the baseline is the eighties, although we dip a little bit into the the seventies, right? But here a whole episode on the seventies. We could have talked that tonight, Ben. But you guys okay? Didn't, uh, well, that's didn't why I'm bringing it up.
1: I'm bringing it up because okay. for, to me, like everyone I, I unanimously agrees that the damned have a sophomore slump album, which is music for pleasure. But that first album and that third album are so fucking perfect. And in, and in really in different ways that it's like, it's hard to pick which one is better. I think I picked machine gun etiquette maybe because it's just so advanced sounding. It's like so impressive that a band that came from the punk scene where you're supposed to like air quotes, not know how to play made something so like, So light years ahead of most like rock bands who do air quotes, know how to play. So maybe I, maybe I gave that the edge because the damn, damn, damn is like a simple uh, punk record, but very effective. One of the best records ever made by anybody. Um, Another band that it's really close between the first and third album is the clash uh, with the self-titled album and London calling. I think I gave London calling the edge because it's, um, for the same reason, really, that I gave Machine Gun Etiquette the edge. It's like, oh, my God, a, a punk band made this, like, masterpiece, even though it's not particularly punk-sounding, most of it. It's, like, it's got the spirit, and it's, like, kind of, like, it's just an amazing accomplishment. They're kind of, like, the best rock band ever, um, and uh, I'm trying to think of other, other records where it's like, it could have gone either way for me. I guess we did talk stooges. I'm going down the list here. Everything else is pretty clear cut for me. I think, uh, that's my lot. That's what I got. New York dolls. No Sto- contest. The first album is better than the second.
0: Yeah. I think that stooges, you can make the argument it's a toss up those two damned records. Completely. Very hard to choose. um, also, I think that like the first handful of Ramones records are a lot closer than people give them credit for. Like, I think if you took the second or the third, I would not be upset overtaking the uh, the first one. But yeah, I agree with that. Yep. Oh yeah, I like everything. Like looking looking at this list, I feel the best about this compared to the 80s and the uh, the 90s. And we might attempt the 2000s, but god damn, that's dangerous. No. Yeah,
1: because then we're starting to judge each other. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but, I, you know, maybe no runner 7-inch, dude. Top 25. Um,
2: That's low, run. Right? That's <laughs> low, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey,
0: got to get the UK on the list for the 2000s. Um, okay, everyone, check out the the playlist, 185 com. Click that playlist link at the top of the page. Uh, that's an easy way to go through this. A lot of, like, the more tentpole bands are on there. Um, there's gonna be some stuff missing and all this stuff is on YouTube. YouTube is a, a wild place to listen to music. Personally, I hate it, but it is pretty sick that they have everything like the most obscure single it's on there. So, uh, check that out. And yeah, we love talking music. Send your lists. 185 miles South at gmail.com. If you want us to put your, uh, your list on the website, Dan, where can people find you?
2: Crying in the corner that listening to Reckless Eric. Also on Instagram at Southport Instagrammer.
0: Ben, where can the people find you?
1: The people can find me on Instagram at Cold Chillin' Book. And you can also find me on Spotify, Ben Merlis. I have a playlist that I created about a month ago called 1976 Every Punk Record. So I just found every. Record that is punk or could possibly Be construed as punk that came out in 1976 Put them all on a playlist for Your enjoyment
0: Hell yeah everyone get At me 185 miles south of gmail.com I respond to every email You can also get at me 185 Miles south on twitter or On instagram my personal instagram Is zach retaliate on instagram And you know Retaliate is the best On instagram Everyone 70s punk rules check it out and we will talk to you again uh next week on patreon way to go dude what's up everyone we are back still arguing about the 70s (laughs) what? (laughs) you were saying that it was egregious that i hacked to daniel's number one right i I don't think i was saying it was egregious
1: i think that it was like the gnarliest example of you fucking with the list of our lists, because you removed Dan's number one, like, like his favorite record of the decade. And you're just like, doesn't count not making the list.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But that's like, that's the thing is okay. Dan, that is insane. That if someone was like, Hey, what's the best punk record of the seventies, you're saying unknown pleasures
2: yeah listen people wouldn't even know
0: what punk sounds like then Mm
2: -hmm. listen to the song disorder listen to the song uh shadow play listen to the song uh interzone tell me those aren't punk rippers and in the past we have uh, this is how i'm going to argue my case right now in the past we have said certain like tens go ahead and win like Okay, Nervous Breakdown is on side A, and then there are three other songs on side B that are nowhere near or that are amazing songs, but nowhere near as good as Nervous Breakdown. Well, I'm using the same argument that there are some absolute punk, absolute gems on Unknown Pleasures, and that it should count, even if there is post punk depression on there as well.
0: This is what puts me in a rough spot, is because a lot of the times the records I have to bounce, I really like, right? Like I love this joy division record. It's one of my favorite records of all time, but it's not a punk record. Come on. (laughs) You know? And it's 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 just, it's just silly. Like for someone to say like, Oh, what's the best punk record of the seventies? And you give them something that doesn't sound punk. Like that's just, it's wild to me. It's not true to the process. Like I get that you love it so much. Hey, I love it too. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't put any Iron Maiden records or Slayer records on my 80s list. Why? You know what I mean? I didn't put Slayer doing a punk record on the 90s list because it's like egregious, you know?
2: Well, what do you think about that, that argument that I just said? Um, that there are punk songs on this.
0: I mean, punk-ish songs that get completely overshadowed by the other stuff that the band is known for. Maybe okay.
2: What I think the best song on the LP for me is Disorder, and that is definitely a punk song.
0: Cool. So, what's the punk ratio on the record, Dan?
2: Okay, let's go for it. Disorder definitely punk. Candidate, post punk. New Dawn fades post punk. Shadow play punk. Into Zone punk. Day of the Lords post punk. Insight post punk. She's lost control. One point five. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, there is more post punk than there is punk.
0: But you know, um It sounds like you're saying there's like 30% punk.
2: No, I'm gonna say 40%. Okay. Yeah, I mean I really if if I didn't want I mean I if I wanted to ensure its place, I could have done the Warsaw side of things even before ideal for living because that is truly punk and it's still got the same element of vibe. So.
1: Mm, Didn't come out in the seventies. Didn't come out in the seventies though. Right. It was recorded in 78, but didn't come out until like way later. I thought maybe I'm wrong.
0: Let's see. Uh, Yeah, I think so too. But the seven inch did make the list is a hundred percent punk.
2: Yeah, an ideal for living, and it only got my consent. It only got my like consensus points, not my
0: fifty points. I could have I been think. a dick and not given it those bonus five, dude.
2: <laughs> well, I <I'm> was surprised <laughs> you didn't. Seven
0: <laughs> H kicks ass. I, I wanted to be there. I mean, it's in my top seventy-five.
2: Yeah, I mean, I th- I feel. I mean, I feel like the majority of the listenership would agree with you. Um I, I don't think they would agree with your full blown fascist dictatorship of kicking people's things out, but I think they would agree with you pointing it out as being maybe problematic to the
0: to the uh process. Well, I thought about listing the seven inch as my number 50, and then you would have lost just on two to one, you know, but then I didn't, I thought that that would like high rank the seven inch too much. Cause you're dude, unknown pleasure sounds different than the seven inch, like significantly. And it's, I like the seven inch, but unknown pleasure is one of the greatest albums of all time. You know what yeah. I mean? So I don't know if allotting the 50 points to the seven inch would have been fair. You're right. You know, it, was, it was hard to figure out how to do that
2: the reason unknown Pleasures" sounds the way it does is because of the producer Martin Hannett a lot more than the band themselves. And so, um, you know, that innovation and that way to see this negative space and each instrument sounding like it's in its own room, uh, coming together to make the soundscape of these songs, is a punk move in its own right because <laughs> you know it's it's doing something in the face of, I mean, it's innovative, but it's also, um, strongly punk in the in the manner that it's done. But it doesn't
0: sound punk like to the typical, <laughs> only to the elevated ear of Sir Daniel Sant.
2: No, 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 I mean to the, 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 <laughs> you, the alignment of the typical punk sound as well. You I'm saying common
0: that. folk out there will never no, be able to to hear the punkness the typical in
2: it. People. You know, so the band you hated it. You got to strap it.
0: on your monocle and then look at it and then you can yeah. hear the punk. <laughs> the,
1: the band hated it. Right. They hated what he did to the to to them and, and then they went and they made their second album with him too and they listened to that and they're like, it sounds like fucking Genesis. He made it sound like Genesis and it's like why did you use the same guy you hated the first time? It's like, fool me they once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Wait, never mind. I said it no, wrong. No,
2: they hated they hate it for the first six months, you know, and then they realized why it was legendary. So they went back to him because of that. Like, I, I don't think they, they hated uh, Closer. Closer.
1: And then Stone Roses made a record with him and they hated, they hated it too,
0: <laughs> which I like. Well, hell yeah. Just had to bring it back because we started arguing off the air and I was like, eh, let's just hit the record button, right? I mean, <laughs> we actually believe this stuff. We're not playing characters on the air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually getting mad like off air. So, hey, shout out to everyone again. Smash that Patreon button. We love you all.